0: Hey, good morning. good morning. How are we all? Just, uh, I just want to add a couple of things with our, our Elevate Global. The, the, the project that we're actually supporting uh, is in the Philippines. They actually, they actually commenced that on the 31st of May last year. And we committed, they have been praying, it's run by a church in partnership with Compassion. And uh, that church was launching it from scratch and they have been praying. They need U.S. $36,000 per annum to run that program and... Uh, we, we got wind of that, uh, long story short, we basically said, as a church, we said to Compassion, tell that church to stop praying for the finances, we've got this. And uh, so that comes up, the first 12 months uh, of them running that program, of pioneering a brand new thing in their community, comes up the end of the 31st of May, and uh, we're not quite there yet in terms of how much we've given, and I want us to really continue to stretch and uh, dig deeper. Those of you that have yet to get on board in giving to Elevate Global, grab one of those brochures that Louis was reading from. You can grab that from our front desk. Have a read about that. Don't pray about whether you should give. The answer is yes. Okay. Let me just say that from scratch, the devil was going to say no. God's going to say yes. Don't even bother praying. Just get busy about how much you're going to give, and let's really see that uh, those the, that village turn around. In fact, I was talking with compassion during the week. And they're saying that the, 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 the impact of the child survival program in each village goes beyond just seeing kids survive till the age of five, which, by the way, even if that's all that the benefits were, that's still worth it, right? I mean, every kid deserves to live to the age of five at least, wouldn't you think? And, uh but they're talking about, the, the, because they're, they're educating the mums in hygiene, uh, in some cases financial skills, literacy, business development skills. So some of these families can actually commence small businesses and, and, and not just get a hand out, but get a hand up. Um, the impacts, the, the ripple effect within each village is, is, uh, is dramatic. And so, yeah, we're just going to keep... Uh, giving to that, and we've committed to this one in the Philippines, and we've said from the outset, once we've got that covered, we're going to go find some more kids to rescue and take on a second, and, and I don't see a finish line in my lifetime. As long as kids are dying, we're going to stand in the gap and prevent as many as we can. Hey, um, okay, we had this series lined up for this month, particular series, I won't even bore you with the details of what it was, um, but we've canned it, we've pivoted it. Uh, to to launch a series today called Alter Ego. And really, this is something that um, I really felt God speak to me about. We did a series before Easter called Who Do You Think You Are? And really based around the idea of, of God wants us to know who we are according to Him, not according to what other people say we are, not even according to this voice that we have sometimes playing on the loop inside our heads about all the things that we're not and all the wrong things we are, but first and foremost, for us to have a clear understanding of who God says we are and for us to operate from our identity, not for our identity. And um, the feedback that I got, you know... those of you that have been tracking around for a while know that I, I don't care for people just saying, good job, good message, good this, good that. I'll always ask you why. Why was it good? What's, what's God speaking to you about? What What's God challenging you about? What's God teaching you? What, what formation is happening? Because if there's not transformation happening in our church, let's just shut the doors, sell the assets, and go play golf. We wanna see transformation happening. And when we were teaching on who do you think you are, the, the number of stories that I was getting from you guys personally, about how the, this was new information in many cases, and it was not just new information, but it was a, a, a word in season. What, what, what sort of Bible language calls a, a rhema word, a, a word in season that was something from God for you, right where you were, right this minute, right in this season of your life. Revelation, information, I'm a masterpiece according to God. Wow, we get a hold of that, it changes everything. I'm an ambassador, not because people voted me in or out, but because God appointed me. Wow, that's fantastic. If he's appointed me, he must think that I can do the job. And on it went. And so this is really foundational stuff. If we wanna build a life, the best place to build a life on is who God says we are. And so we've pivoted, and we're launching this series today called Alter Ego, which very much continues the, the theme of, uh, of who God says we are and actually this is based on a brand new book uh, by a church leader called Craig Groeschel leads the largest church in the US an incredibly influential church um, I picked up my copy just recently I want to encourage you guys to do the same um, if this is the only time you feed on stuff that God wants to teach you during the week you will not grow that, that's just as simple as that. You won't grow if you have one physical meal a week, you'll die. Nor will you grow spiritually if you only have one spiritual meal a week. You just you just won't. Okay? And it's a bit of a, a bit of a vicious cycle. If you're not mature, you might think that it's not necessary to feed more. And if you don't feed more, you're not going to get mature. <laughs> and you get caught in this vicious cycle. And some people, I don't know where it started, and I don't mean some people here, although maybe some people here, but certainly just in broad terms, some people think it's the leader of the church's job to fill their cup every Sunday, okay? Have you ever ever sort of thought that or, or know someone that sort of thinks in those terms that, you know, it's your job to feed me, it's your job to fill my cup every Sunday? I'm going on record right here, right now to say it is not our teaching team's job to fill your cup. Our teaching team's job is to empty our cup, to give you our best on any one particular subject every given Sunday, but it's never gonna fill your cup. You have to fill your cup. You have to go and read books. You have to read the Bible. We're gonna be talking about a passage of scripture and a story today. If you're not, you, know, you need to write that down. It's from Judges, we'll get to it. Write that down. Go home, read it every day. Think about it. Ask God for more revelation, more application. Uh, we're going to be launching our podcasts very, very soon, uh, where I think about one technological step away from going live with our podcast, you get the opportunity to listen to the messages again and take that opportunity. You know, get this book. When we launch our Elevate groups in the second quarter, get into an Elevate group and discuss these matters, because if this is just it, and I'm not having to go with anybody, I'm just making it very, very clear, you're not going to grow. There's no two ways about it if this is the best. So, it's based on this book. If you have an electronic device, you can buy the book from Kindle or Kindle, yeah. Kindle, Amazon, iBooks, for probably only about five bucks. Or if, like me, you're old school and you like smelling it while you read it, it's going to set you back. It doesn't really matter. It's an investment. Okay. How are you all doing? With me? Good stuff. Altar. It's not a typo. (laughs) It refers to something that, particularly in the old part of the Bible, was very, very common. If you've been into a traditional church in in your lifetime, you've probably seen it, a Catholic church, an Anglican church. Up the front is a big, sort of long, uh, ornate kind of table. It would be called an altar. In biblical times, it it wasn't so ornate, and it, and it, and it, it served a slightly different purpose. But regardless of how it looks, the idea of an altar was something that God, when God, God would instruct somebody to, 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 to build an altar, you know, some rocks or whatever the, 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 the available materials were, to build that in a particular place at a particular time for the purpose of offering something to God on that altar. To saying, whatever it is, to, to, to laying that down on the altar, to offering it up to God and leaving it there once that sacrifice, once that offering has been made. And so over these next four weeks, we're going to be looking at four things that I think every one of us needs to lay down on the altar and leave behind and take something better, take something of what God has for us. The word ego, uh, without going into too much detail, it's... Essentially, you know, what, what people think about themselves. and Some people think of themselves a bit too highly. We might call them arrogant. Some people think of themselves too lowly. And we're going to actually look at that particular topic today. Have feelings of inadequacy, insecurity. Right in the middle of those two extremes is a sweet spot where confidence reign supreme, and we're going to talk about that today. And over the next four weeks, the things that, that we're going to be looking at from Craig's book, things that we're going to be laying down are, are these four things, and, and, and just think, do I need to tick any of these boxes? One, two, three, or four. We're going to be teaching about laying down feelings of inadequacy, that's today, Laying down our need for control. Our need for control is often birthed out of a lack of faith in God. I'm going to talk about that next week. Laying down our right to be offended. No one can offend you. You can only take offense. It's often referred to as the bait of Satan. As soon as you take it, you're in his trap. And our longing for approval. We're going to lay that down. Some people live with approval addiction and they are too busy trying to please people and Not busy enough trying to please God. So let me ask the question this morning how many of you have ever experienced feelings of inadequacy? Anyone? Anyone? I think all of us is about right. Parenting. How many of you have, you know, you've got friends and they've got these kids that get straight A's in every subject, volunteer to do the dishes insist on taking the garbage out and you can't even get your kids to put the rubbish in the garbage in the first place inside the kitchen. And, you know, compared to them, you can feel a little bit inadequate. What about career? Here's a classic one. We often compare where we're at on our career ladder to other people ahead of us and it can leave us feeling inadequate. What about those people that, doesn't matter what time of day, what day of the week, if you drop around their house unannounced, their hair is done beautifully. The nails look gorgeous. There's not a single thing out of place in the ha- Don't you hate those people? hate those. Some of you are those people. We hate you. Just, you just need to know that. What about, you know, what about you've been in a setting, maybe it's an Elevate group, and, uh, and you're sitting in the corner hoping nobody asks you to speak or pray or do anything, and they out come the biscuits, and someone says, well, let's give thanks to God for the biscuits, and they point to you, and you think, "Ah, oh, um, uh, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. It's because that's the best you got, and yet, you know, there's a leader over there, and there's John over there, and they pray for 25 minutes without breathing in, and it's just like the glory of the Lord falls, and it, yeah. You know, we can feel inadequate about all of these things simultaneously and it can become pretty overwhelming. Some of the reasons that Craig talks about, about why we feel inadequate, sometimes our feelings of inadequacy have been generated by unfair criticism. And I remember back in year 10, year 10 started for me with a, with a careers, uh, vocational careers day. Uh, it was run by our then social studies and music teacher named Mr. Moore, Hugh Moore. And uh, I remember, I just was talking a lot during that um, careers day. I don't know why. Just, I was just talking a lot. And uh, I don't actually talk a lot, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. So, But on that day, for some reason, my motor got running and it didn't switch off. <laughs> and uh, from the front of this um, careers day, Mr. Moore calls out, Mark Pomery, please stop talking. You know, when I think of you, I want you to know you'll never amount to anything. Great. Thanks. Best news I've heard all day. Now, thankfully, I'm a stubborn SOB. I don't really tend to take that sort of thing on board. But some of us have had people speak stuff like that over our lives, right? Given us unfair criticism. The punishment exceeded the crime. What about if you were the kid that your parents didn't plan on having? You know, have you ever, have you ever heard this story? Parents say, oh, you, you, this, you know, Frankie here, he was an accident. You imagine if that was you, if you're Frankie and you grew up in all your life, and that, that, parents didn't mean anything by it, you know, ha, 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 this is John, first child, this is Susie's second child, and here's Frank, he was an accident. You know, that, that, that's gonna make an impression over a lifetime. I say to parents like that, there's no such thing as accidental children, only accidental parents. But that sort of stuff can weigh on you if you've been the accidental child. Unrealistic compliments. This one's a growing trend. You know, when I was at school and it was sports day, you actually had to win to get a trophy. Now everyone gets a trophy. You get a trophy for just showing up. Uh, that 's a problem. in fact, there was a study released last year. I read the study. It was a study on resilience and how resilience is on the slide because of this sort of thing that we tell kids they 're the best and, and they can do anything they want to do and i 'm going to talk about that a bit later on. But the reality is we can 't do everything we want to do. We do actually have limitations but if you 've been told otherwise it, it Anything that comes below, that, below those expectations sets us up for feeling inadequate. You know, you had to actually finish high school to graduate when I was at high school. Now p- kids graduate from kindergarten. <laughs> Graduating from kindergarten, I, that was not difficult. <laughs> oh, Johnny, you're so special. Look, you graduated from kindergarten. <gasps> he, he played with Play-Doh and well, yeah, but not much. <laughs> then there's unwise comparisons. Let me, let me, let me, let me just, uh, men, men, let me just tell you something. If you don't know this already, husbands, married men, people that hope to be married one day and stay married, listen very closely. Never, under any circumstances, and I repeat, never, under any circumstances, ever say the words to your wife, either, I wish you could cook more like your mother. Just don't say that. It does not end well, because that is not the end of the conversation, even if you've finished talking. It's unwise to compare your wife with anybody else, apart from people that are lesser than her. <laughs> I speak from experience. <laughs> <So bad>. <sighs> <sighs> Honey, all the women in the world would want to be like you. If I was a woman, I'd want to be like you. That's what I say. But here's, here's a new one. here's, here's a new one. It, social media has brought on a whole new uh, phenomenon of unwise comparisons. We now compare ourselves to people who have more friends than us on Facebook. If we've got less than them, we must be less than them. Uh, how many people can get the most likes? How many people can have the most retweets? And. Uh, the challenge, I love social media. I, I think it's an incredible tool for community building, for influence, for communication. It's not the only tools for those things, but it is a tool if used well. But, but here's, here's one of the problems with social media, and I just put it out there, is people don't actually post photos of bad food that they've prepared. If you wanna become a good cook, people don't put food porn pictures of disasters. They, they only put like the, the meals that worked Instagram take that Facebook and uh, you know, and they only show you the nice new shoes that they 've bought and you know and, 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 and what happens is we look at other people 's lives via social media, we look at the highlight reel whilst whilst we are living behind the curtain of our own life, and we see all of the stuff that goes on and it 's just unwise celebrate great food porn, celebrate new shoes that your friends have got, bravo. But understand, those people are going through many of the same struggles that we're going through as well. And don't compare ourselves unfavorably to them. It's a great story. I mentioned it earlier, written in the book of Judges in the old part of the Bible. And uh, it's about a guy named Gideon incredible story. I can't give you the whole story, but basically at this point in time, Gideon was part of the nation of Israel, who at the time were God's chosen people, and that nation had been disobedient to God, and God had basically turned away from them. Said, look, if you're going to turn away from me, guess what? I'm going to wipe my hands of you. And not only am I going to wipe my hands of you, I'm actually going to make it worse, I'm gonna allow your enemies, a nation called the Midianites, to actually come and, and totally dominate you guys, okay? And we pick up the story here in Judges chapter six. One day, the angel of the Lord came down and, came in and sat down under the oak in Oprah, and just goes to show she's been around for quite some time, <laughs> that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress out of sight of the Midianites. he was hiding, okay? You would normally thresh wheat outside so the chaff could blow away. He was terrified. So he took the wheat indoors and was threshing in there so the Midianites wouldn't find out where he was. But God found out where he was. God knew all along. God sent the angel. The angel appeared to Gideon and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. And that wasn't sarcasm. (laughs) There's a guy threshing wheat indoors where there's no wind to blow the chaff away. And the angel calls him mighty warrior. Playing hide and seek with a whole nation. Gideon replied, with me? God's with me, my master. If God's with us, then why has all this happened to us? Ever ask those sorts of questions of God? If you love me so much, buddy, then how come dot, dot, dot? It's okay to ask those questions. God's got big boy pants. He wears them all the time. Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about? Telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, you ever gotten angry at God? It's okay. He wears big boy pants. The fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He's turned us over to Midian. But God faced him directly. Gideon's mouthing off at, about God to an angel. God turns up with his big boy pants on. He says, hey, mate, what was that? What were you just saying? About me? Oh yeah, talk about twisting that plot, flipping that. Oh, can we bring the angel back, please? God faced him directly and said, go in this strength that's yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? So God asks us to do things and instead of saying yes, we start asking questions. If God sends us, he, he, we're good to go. Didn't I just send you? Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan's the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the runt of the litter. God said to him, and here's the secret source. I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. So here's a few things that you need to know about you and reframe your thinking. Let's lay down these Feelings and thoughts of inadequacy and pick up some of this stuff that God says about you. God's view of you is different than you think it is. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. To the guy hiding in the wine press, God didn't see him as a timid, fear-filled runt of the litter. God called him mighty warrior. God... The view of view is different than you think. Confidence has become a bit of a dirty word in some churches. You ever thought that? You ever heard someone kind of put someone down because they seem to be quite confident? Now, God's not into arrogance. That's, that's overconfidence. But confident, conf- the very word confidence comes from two Latin words. Con meaning with and fidos meaning faith or God. Confidence with God, with faith. That's what the word actually means. We should be the most confident people on the planet because we should know that wherever we go, God goes with us. Wherever God sends us, he'll be there with us. We shouldn't be ashamed of having confidence. We should be exuding confidence, but the right sort of confidence and not arrogance. And in fact, have you ever heard the expression or that person's got a godly confidence? Have you ever heard that? You don't need to put the word godly in front of it because confidence means a godly confidence. It means what we do, we do it with faith that God's with us, with faith that God has sent us, with faith that God's gonna come through for us, confidence. It's not something to shy away from. It's not something to be feared. There is a line that we can cross that moves into arrogance. That's where we start to put the faith in ourselves. But confidence, faith in God, that's the sweet spot that we're meant to live in. Now, we do make it difficult for ourselves. I mentioned about you know telling kids that they can do anything they want. In 1996, the r and artist R. Kelly released a song called I Believe I Can Fly. And it went on to, to uh, receive three Grammy Awards. And, and I, I love the song. It's a fantastic song. And some of the lyrics in that song however, are questionable. R. Kelly tells us that if I can see it, then then I can do it. If I just believe it, there's nothing to it. I believe I can fly. Well, unless Qantas are involved, I don't believe you can fly, About two months ago, I saw a picture on Facebook of uh, little Josiah Goodall, who is currently three, four, four. He's four. This many years old. And uh, Josiah had climbed on top of the uh, chest freezer in uh, in his living area at home, and uh, he was begging mum to bring over the bench stool, and, and put it about, about two metres away from the chest freezer. And Josiah had a cape on. He'd put a cape on. And he was playing Superman. And Josiah wanted Mummy to bring the stool over because Josiah, at that moment in time, believed he could fly. But Mummy, who knows a bit more than Josiah about the laws of physics and this thing called gravity, didn't believe that Josiah could fly, and to her credit, did not bring the little stool over. And in fact, picked Josiah up and helped him fly back to the ground. But We, we tell our kids, you can do anything. And, 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 and the reality is they can't. We can't. We can't do anything. Here's the qualifier. This isn't meant to be a downer. Oh, yeah, great, Mark, full of hope today. (laughs) Feelings of inadequacy and all you get to tell me about the solution is that is I can't do everything. (sighs) Just flip and let the air out of my tires, I hope. Here's the qualifier. We can do anything God's gifted us to do and called us to do. And both of those boxes have to get ticked. There are things that God's gifted us to do, but not called us to do, and we should not do them. But if God's gifted us and called us, then yes, absolutely we can do them, even if we aren't sure we can. That's the qualifier. God's given us more than we can think. God faced him directly, said, go in this strength that's yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? God had already deposited something into Gideon that Gideon didn't even know was in him, wasn't aware of it. See, confidence is linked to humility. And again, this is where we get tripped up. Confidence is linked to humility, but, but some of us have the wrong definition of Humility. We think humility means being a wallflower sometimes. We think humility means never stepping forward, never stating your opinion, never putting yourself on the front lines, never doing more than than what people expect of us. And that's not what humility is at all. Humility, I define humility, I think I heard it years ago one time and it's just stuck with me ever since. Humility is recognizing that God's power comes through us but not from us. Humility is recognizing that God's power comes through us, but not from us. We don't get the credit. We don't generate the power. We are vessels. We are vehicles. We are tools. We're instruments, et cetera. And and it's with that right perspective of humility, I know that when I do what God's gifted me to do, and called me to do, I know God's power is gonna flow through me. And not only do I know that, I know that the results are gonna be even better than I could have expected. Because God's making it happen. It's not just ordinary, it becomes extraordinary. And that's what we need. This is this, this confidence with God linked tightly to humility that God has given us more than we think, and we don't have to stand behind the line. Now, stepping over the line into arrogance is an insult to God, no question about it. When we start to think that the power comes from us, not just through us, is an insult to God. But I think staying way, 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 way back from the line is also an insult to God, to to, to somehow think that he's not going to supply the power That we don't have confidence with faith, with God, that what He's gifted us to do and called us to do is gonna happen. Living in that sweet spot of confidence, humility. God's power comes through me, but not from me. Awesome. God's given us more than we think. And finally, It's less about us than we think, but even here there needs some qualification. God said to Gideon, "I'll be with you, mate. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man." Those two, those two sentences, at face value, almost seem like they contradict one another. God says, "I'll be with you," but you'll defeat Midian as one man. How does God's with you, but 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 God's now telling me you're going to do the the defeating, Gideon. Um, and and, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, "Oh, it wasn't me; it was God." It's very rarely true. I mean, there are some supernatural miracles that God does perform that we pff, we were just innocent bystanders, witness to His power. But a lot of things, if not most things, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. It's not all me, that's for sure. Well, flipping better not be. Be boring, inadequate. (laughs) But it's not all God. It's a partnership. And the partnership is, he's the senior partner and he supplies all the power. And I'm the junior partner and I just do whatever the senior partner tells me to do. And together, we achieve extraordinary results. Beyond what anyone can even ask for or imagine. Some of you, God's calling today to follow him for the first time. A bit of partnership, you've got to actually enter into that partnership arrangement. Some of you haven't actually commenced that partnership arrangement. You've never actually said, God, I want you to be the senior partner in my life. I want to actually submit myself to you. For those of you that have never done that, we're gonna give you that opportunity right now. In a moment, for those of you that need to take that opportunity, I just want you to put your hand up and you're basically just putting your hand up and signaling to God, God, I want you to be the senior partner in my life. I wanna follow you. I wanna submit myself to you. I want this extraordinary life that you promise. But I know I need to do that in partnership with you and the only way I can ever get to your power and your best and your Vision for my life is by submitting myself to you. For those of you that have never done that, this morning is your opportunity to do that. And I just want you to, real quickly, right now, just put your hand up. You say, Yeah, God, that's me. I want you to be the senior partner in my life right now. I want to start following you right now. When I see your hand, you can put it down. Then we're going to pray, just to, all together, we're going to pray. So, quickly, if that's you, you've never made that decision to follow God, to, to make Him the senior partner in your life, just put your hand up now. You say, yeah, that's me this morning, God. I wanna, I wanna make that decision. I wanna take that next step. Just put your hand up. When I see your hand, you can put it down. And then we're gonna pray. Okay, guys, next week, laying down my need for control be here by 9:29 ready to worship God get your heart prepared between now and then get this book read that passage from Gideon and read it again and read it again go over the notes from today and make some decisions. This, this, you know, Your altar can be your dining table this week where you sit down and, and we've just prepared the scene today and you've continued to study, continue to read God's word and meditate on that. It could be Tuesday, it could be Wednesday, just whenever. It could be your dining table, your coffee table, it could be out at a cafe, could be you know, your altar, it could be your dashboard of your car where you make a decision. God, I'm gonna lay down my feelings of inadequacy. I'm going to take up the confidence that you promise, that I can live with, knowing that you're with me, that your power does come through me. Whatever that boy, I' tell you why. If, if a ton of you made that decision this week, it will be an absolute dream come true. It'll be an answer to prayer. It's the very reason we felt God caused us to teach on this topic and ditch whatever the other one was. Less well, important. So next week ready for some more, preparing us to really get a clue, clear picture of who God says we are. It's exciting.